Hello and welcome to MetPod, the official CPD podcast for Maiden Early Trust staff by Maiden Early Trust staff. In each episode, we are joined by a member of Trust staff to share their area of expertise, interest or research in the hope that it will inspire our listeners to try out something new in their own practice. I'm Andy Johnson, Executive Director of Education at Maiden Early Trust. And uh, one of the privileges of my role is I get to go and uh, visit lots of settings and lots of schools in the trust and find out about the work that our, um, the hard work that our colleagues are doing and the impact that they're having uh, for uh, for and with young people. I'm really pleased today to be joined by Jill Allborn, who's the lead teacher of the hospital service, which is part of Cranberry College. And we're going to find out a little bit more about the hospital service, what it is, uh, it might be an area where people might think they know what happens, uh, but we're going to find out uh, in a lot more, a lot more de- detail. So, Jill, welcome. It's great to have the opportunity to chat with you. And I wonder if initially you could just give us uh, an overview of the work that the hospital team does. Absolutely. And um, thank you for having me. Um, so we are a small team. So we're a team of four um, and we are based on the pediatric wards. Um, on the Royal Bark, so mainly Dolphin and Lion wards, but we do go over to um, some of the other wards, sort of the day surgery, and if need be, we'll go down into the clinics as well. And our job basically um, is to provide education and therapeutic input to um, anybody of school age who is staying in the hospital. Well, wow, so, so how many children might you be working with every day on average? Um, it varies. Um, it's usually between sort of 15 and 22. And all of those will receive one-to-one lessons. Um, and we aim for four lessons per pupil per day. Well, wow. so four lessons per pupil per day. And I assume that, 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 that the, um, the children are always changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And throughout the day as well. Yeah. So, you know, you can be working with a child in the morning. You think they're going to stay with you for the next few days you go back after lunch and they've been discharged um, or moved elsewhere um, and there's somebody else in the bed and you start from scratch and, and go again um, so it is a constant revolving door um, and yeah which is brilliant because the variety is um, is great and the challenge is you know comes along with that as well yeah wow so so what would you say the biggest challenge I mean you mentioned challenges I, I can see obviously there's some challenges there but but how do you maintain that kind of quality of education you know in delivering that service when you've got such a, a sort of mobile um, clientele and, and set of students? Um, well it starts with our first introductions mm. um, and we always go along with it we have a school liaison form um, where which parents um, or carers will fill in and on that questionnaire is a few questions so one of them is does your child have any HCP does your child have any special educational needs and so if they tick yes to that then that opens the conversation immediately mm. to you know what is um you know what what additional needs does does that young person have um and so you know therefore we're slightly more informed as to you know what level we're pitching work at you know and whether there's any behavioral needs or anything else that needs addressing and for us to take into consideration. We always talk with the young person as well, find out what they've been doing at school, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy. Um, and then we just kind of take it, take it from there. Our aim is to kind of do a math lesson, English, science or art, and then reading or well-being mm. therapeutic 
session um, in a day. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of just, you do go in blind a lot of wow, the time. Yeah. Um, and you'll get halfway through a session and you go, do you know what? You're absolutely nailing this. Give me two minutes and I'll come back with a, with something a bit more challenging. So, you know, or, you know, you scaffold it down. You know, you are literally just responding minute by minute. Wow. So, I mean, we talk a lot about adaptive teaching, <laughs> but I guess that hospital team, I mean, you 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 really must have that down to a T because you've got to adapt all the time. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know anything about these children often. And yet you've still got to uh, deliver a curriculum of sorts that, that uh, you know, pushes them on and helps them to progress. Absolutely. So if I take my day to day, yeah. so I've had a five year old. Wow. And then I've had um, a 14 year old with complex mental health needs. And I've got an A-level student. So I've had the full the full range today. Um, and, you know, each lesson is so different um, because their needs are so, are so mm. different. Mm. Um, and yeah, it is keeps you on your toes. Um, and it's brilliant because it's just so varied. Yeah, wow. And, and, and how about kind of um, the relationship you have with the, the homeschool of, of each uh, child? I mean, is there any interaction that you have there, any liaison? So, yes, absolutely. So, so our standard policy is that if they're in for three days, mm. on that third day, we will then make contact with the homeschool and ask for either work to be sent through or some further guidance. Um, Kind of if there's any additional information, what baselines, what you know, age they're you know working at, because mm. um, obviously the schools have got a much better picture than than we have. Um, if we don't get that information, then we'll do our own baseline assessment, so we, we are you know pitching it accurately. Um, mm. But you know, it's great when the schools do work with us and send work through, because then actually when they go back to school that nervousness, that anxiety of, you know, having missed weeks or months, yeah, yeah. you know, has been seriously reduced because they're not going to be as far behind their peers as what they potentially could have been. Mm. Um, some cases when we've got our, what we call our frequent flyers, we'll make contact immediately with schools mm. Mm. Um, just to ensure we get that continuity going. So, yes, the school communication mm. is, is really important. Uh, and you mentioned frequent flyers, and one of my questions was going to be around um, what about those longer-term children that you're seeing because maybe they've got you know unfortunately a, a serious long-term diagnosis and they're in hospital a lot how how does the service kind of support them in their educational needs so for them we will create a bespoke mm. timetable and that's done in liaison with the medical staff and the play team because you know if they're in for you know months and months you know on end they need an all-round approach yeah um, and we can't just be going in with you know from an educational approach yes we do offer therapeutic um activities and things but you know play is such an important part of a young person's mm. development that mm. you know that has to be factored in as well and we also need to you know factor in that the medical needs um and you know they are in hospital to rest and to get better mm. and whilst it's so tempting to go in with a full day of you know six yeah. hours of lessons you know we can't do that we have to step back and so it's working with the young person and everybody involved in that person's care to create a timetable um that works for you know that works for them and so they'll end up usually probably having two or three lessons uh, you know academic lessons a day and you know we'll you know do that in liaison with the school and when the work's been completed we'll send it back to the school so that the teachers are then aware of you know where they are what progress they're making um and then you know and it just works backwards and forwards like that mm. uh, and liaison with uh, medical staff as well i imagine that 
has to be something that you're you're doing all the time. How, how does that work? So so yes, yeah, so um so in the morning, first thing we do is we get our handover sheet, mm. which has a list of all the patients for the day, and we get a brief um overview of of each of each young person. Um, and then mid-morning there is um what we call a safety huddle, um, which we all attend, and that's ourselves, the play team, doctors, nurses, mm. um, safeguarding. So anybody who's potentially involved with any of the patients will attend that. And that gives us a deeper overview um, or look into what um, is going on with each of these individual patients and what the plan is for the day and for the week and, and sort of going forward and any mm. additional things that we need to be aware of. Wow, it's, it's just really interesting. And it's it's school, but um, not a school like any that, that we would normally come across. Uh, that, that, that's amazing. And uh, uh, what a great service. So, so what do you... What have you found really enjoy about about the work? Because you've not been doing this role for too long, have you? No. So I started in September. Um, and for me personally, it's a bit of a dream come true. So mm. if I go back 20 odd years when I had my um, first child um, and I had my big career change, mm. I was really torn between nursing and teaching. Oh, right. So I actually worked at Finley Park for a couple of years okay. as a care assistant okay. on the bank. And I think if family had been, my family had been based down here and mm. not up north, I think I may have gone down the medical route. Okay. Um, but because of circumstance, I kind of went down the teaching route instead. And so to actually be in an environment where I'm providing education within a medical setting and having to be aware and considerate of, you know, all these different medical needs mm. um, is just fascinating. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I, and I guess... There's no two patients that are the same. There's no two days that are the same. Right. Um, yeah, it must be uh, uh, fascinating. But uh, 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 are there sources of frustration in that as well for you? Um, they are. I mean, because you've got to remember that with every patient, there's a parent mm. as well. And that parent may have very different views as to what their, you know, what care their child should be receiving, whether they should be receiving any education. Or, you know, you also don't know what discussions they've had with medical staff that, that day um you know so you are on a bit of a tightrope the whole time um mm -hmm. because you just don't know you know some of these children are you know have got life limiting illnesses mm -hmm. um and you you know you don't know um from you know minute to minute what you know what has happened um, mm -hmm. necessarily um and also you know they've got families at home and things as all those additional stresses and anxieties that you've yeah. got with the parents as well as you know as the young person yeah. um so that can be quite frustrating and, and maybe a barrier as well at times to you know to teaching but you know we do we do get around it and you know a lot of parents are extremely grateful of the service and are unaware of what you know the teaching is, is offered within the hospital yeah. um and so you know our feedback from parents is is really positive, um, yeah. which is nice, and you know, uh, reflecting you know the good work that the team do. Mm. That, that, that's fantastic. And, and what's your kind of vision about the service in the future, and where, where you want it to go, and what you'd like to do? Oh, right. Well, I think for me, the mental health um, patients is is a big area that I feel um, needs um, some work, mm. and it's becoming more and more um, apparent as sort of time goes on and I have conversations with heads of years and pastoral mm. leads that the communication once they leave school communication probably see probably the continuity of continuity of care 
um, once they leave the hospital and go back into to school, there isn't anything there really. Whilst we communicate with the school to say they've yes. been discharged, this is what they've done, da 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 da. Um, we can't offer at the moment any kind of outreach work. Yeah, so kind of going in and you know supporting that young person in that setting, in their school setting, to um, kind of support them and, and make that transition much easier. So I kind of feel as though there is a gap there, mm. um, and that needs I think addressing because if we can help support these complex young people in school um, and make you know school happier and an easier place for them then would that potentially reduce the readmissions back into hospital i don't mm-hmm. know the answer mm-hmm. to that but i think there is something there that needs to be mm-hmm. looked at and, and do you feel that you're you're coming across more and more 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 complex mental health cases with with, with children it's uh, huge yeah i would say um well statistically between 25 and 30 percent mm-hmm. of our patients are mental health mm, and wow. that is eating disorders self-harm or um, um abnormal behavior mm. um and most of them have a you know a, they've got a mixture of um, things you know they're not just yeah. in for eating disorders they're in for eating disorders and self-harm and potentially you know mm. asd as well um or other educational needs they are really really complex mm. young people and um yeah i think you know I believe the system yeah um i'm not just saying the hospital but you know the system as a whole is um isn't quite working right for for some of these young people mm. um, and, and that's interesting because i know that you know very much the vision of cranberry college is about trying to help improve the system and and you know what you're saying about outreach work is something i know the primary school wants to do is, uh, in cranberry mm-hmm. is very much a, an ethos within the college about uh, not just doing what we do but helping and supporting uh, other schools and other parts of the system uh, to get better in, in, in what it does. So, absolutely, you know, and when you talk to these heads of years and, you know, pastoral leads, they haven't got the skills mm-hmm. and that knowledge to, you know, to fully train them. And, you know, and it's difficult to signpost them to places, to, you know, to, to get that in-house support as well. So I, I do feel that, um, you know, some outreach work is, you know, there is a potential there for it. Um, and Kelly and I have briefly spoken about that, you know, for something, you know, potentially in the future. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be, yeah, something that's definitely needed. Right. Definitely needed. That, that, that's really exciting. And um, is there anything else you wanted to say about the, the, the service? We've got this great opportunity with this podcast today. But uh... I don't know. I could talk for hours about the service. Um I think also, I think, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that we are linked with some amazing charities as well. So we have, um, okay. so we're linked with Read for Good um, and they supply us with hundreds of books every couple of months, which we then distribute to the patients and they can take them home. We have the listening book service as well. Um, and we've recently linked up with Books for Ukraine. So they send packs through, mm. you know, for, 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 for those children. So, so yes, yeah, so that's, you know, so that's been brilliant. Um, you know, we get lots of different visitors into the wards. We've got Reading Football Club coming next week, and Elsa and Olaf are visiting. Oh, of course. Um, absolutely. Um, Christmas essential. Um, so, um, so yes, I think you know um, that's so that's something to be um, you know proud of because it is you know other people helping and you know making you know a child's day a bit happier. Yeah.
and, and, that, and that's palpable. And I know when I visited and just talking to you and your team, you know, there's a real commitment to uh, to, to children about their happiness, about their well-being, mm. as, as well as their education. And, and that that's such a core part of what, of what you do and what you contribute. And, uh, you know, it's a real privilege, actually, to, to, to come and see. And uh, if anyone does get the opportunity, hopefully you don't want you to go into hospital to, to do that. But. But, but it is, it's it's great to see and, and really understand, that, you know, the um, tremendous work that, that you're doing, uh, Jill. So so thank you, Jill, uh, for um, sharing with us just a little bit about the hospital service. It's been really interesting to find out, find out about some of the opportunities and, and privileges of doing the job, but also some of the challenges and tensions which are, uh, are clearly there uh, as well. And uh, uh, hopefully that's been really, really interesting uh, to the listeners uh, to, to MetPod. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of MetPod and uh, please do join us again in a fortnight's time for the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Mm-hmm.